from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Yes, indeed. And wherever you are in this world, I hope life is treating you well. This is episode number 166, World Events, America's Proxy War with Russia. About, oh, I guess it's been three months or more. I had a, uh, I did a show about Ukraine. And that's what I want to talk about is the war in Ukraine. But now things have changed and progressed. So now it's about the war, uh, America's war with Russia. And make no mistake, in reality, that's what it is. Now, I am of the belief now, as I was of the belief then, that this conflict between uh, Ukraine and Russia, it stems from some, a whole series of things, uh, in particular, let's say, from events of 1991. And the very long and the short of it is this. Again, I said this way back. I have to reiterate it. The conflict, however you may view it, should have remained their conflict. It is not our job. It is not the United States' job. Now, our self-appointed, um, you know, policing action for the world. Um, it's not our job to meddle in other people's affairs. But, on the other hand, that would buck the trend of the U.S. as... We have had a long history of doing just that. Now, <clears throat> for better or for worse, um, in the case of Russia invading Ukraine, that entire shitstorm is something that should have been avoided from us. But you'll notice now that whatever's happening in the world, all of a sudden, it has to be the U.S. and its coalition forces. Um, that means our lapdogs, our economic lapdogs, uh, fall in line and do our bidding. And this is exactly what Germany has done, and it is what Britain has done, and also... It's what France has done. And that is dominating and policing the world. And 
it's it's a bad it's a bad play for the future despite the fact that regardless of how right or wrong good or bad you know people have wars people die it's an unfortunate fact of life but you make it far worse um when you decide to take sides and get involved as we have for the u.s and i'm guessing also for um the coalition partners we have um you know become the self-proclaimed uh, um rying white white-hatted cowboy that rides into town guns blazing and we're gonna come in between and we're gonna settle this thing out uh as though we had you know which is laughable as though we have some kind of fucking moral high ground which is absolutely absurd but then then we have our lapdogs to help us as well and to take part in the the economic feeding frenzy and that's what it is because you see in the case of russia um and i'm not i'm not going to go into all the particulars but just some some very quick facts about it is that we want we want russia's resources and so we have to come up with any pretext we possibly can to control russia or to curtail russia in any way and the implications for this uh generationally you know in the next 10 15 20 years down the, down the line are really going to be bad for america and also for its coalition forces as they're called because for america it means primarily two things what this in real terms i'm not talking about the the um all of the emotionalism and the emotionalism of helping the poor and besieged and damaged people of ukraine because that's crock of horse shit we never have really given a rat's ass about ukraine at all until february 22 when it was most notable what is it about is what it's always about money and power that's it and in the case of what's going on in russia conveniently it serves our ends in both ways because um yeah other than having your own troops that would be you know fighting uh with i assume obviously with ukrainian soldiers uh u.s soldiers start killing russian soldiers well that's kind of all she wrote right there so they know this and it hasn't gotten to that point yet but we're helping um our buddies uh our ukrainian pals um yeah the poor besieged beleaguered um ukrainians and it it's just 
at least for me, I don't know about you, but I watch this, it's, I could get more education and more honest, honestly useful information by watching an episode of Sesame Street. I mean, Christ, for the most part, at least it was honest. As opposed to the American six o'clock news, six o'clock, you know, propaganda rewrap. Putin bad, Zelensky good. Hmm, we send tanks. We help Zelensky. It's it's a lot more complicated than that, because that is a war by proxy. That's what it means. Because what we've done is we've committed and then forced our coalition partners, our lapdogs, to jump jump up and obey. And it happens like that every time. Now, to you, to most people, the main what the main propaganda machine wants to do is always the same. It wants to put across a great moral narrative across to you and just on the the whole emotionalism of the show and they can come with all the images of women who are crying and children who have been killed and and it's it's that is again it's more marketing because as any adult people in the room understand is that, yes, people die. All people die. Women and children die. It's not good. We get it. But will you stop just playing that for one microsecond? But they don't. Because people are sentimental and sappy. And they create a narrative that is so simplified that you're dealing, you know, that you're dealing with people it comes down to this. Mm, Russians bad. Zelensky, Ukrainians want freedom. Them good. Russians bad. Now, if you either don't understand what I'm saying, or you have a severe case of cognitive dissonance and, you know, you simply cannot believe that America would do this for something just as, as simple as profit. Well, I don't know what the hell to tell you, to be honest. Because usually, first and foremost, it with America, somehow there's... When there's millions or perhaps billions of dollars to be made, they'll be there. I don't care what, what pretext you have to create to do it, we'll be there. Count on it. In this case, it's a bunch of tanks. And you see, those tanks, out of the kindness of our heart, we're not giving to, you, to Ukraine. We're not, it's not even a lend-lease kind of deal like it was with Britain in the Second World War. Nope. They're going to owe that. You see, the thing is, you supply the weapons, and 
it's the same, basically the same technique um, with warmongers that they learned from, of all people, they learned this from the 49ers. No, I'm not referring to the football team. I'm talking about in America who were known as 49ers because in that year, the gold that was discovered in California and all the prospectors came quite literally, not just from all over the U.S., but, you know, from the world. Um, the rush, the great gold rush. But um, to put this in a similar perspective, the people the few that really, the number of people that became rich were not the prospectors. Yeah, a few, you know, struck it rich. Um, but that's not the majority of people who got rich. The ones who got rich are the merchants who were supplying everything that the 49ers were needing for their prospecting. So, you know, they set up shops or or their uh, wagons or whatever that they had to get started. But very quickly, I'm sure that they, you know, they built supply houses. And it was so early on in the game. It's not like today with a Walmart on every corner. I mean, if you were 49er, I mean, where the hell were you going to go? If you need pickaxes, eh, how convenient this fellow here happens to just sell pickaxes. They paid a premium price for those pickaxes. Because, again, the criminals look at them wrenching their hands together and knowing where, where else you're going to go. So they had, them by the, they had them by the balls. And uh, many of those merchants, um, off of having a parasitic arrangement with the 49ers, uh, many of whom just died um, from many causes like, you know, besides all the common diseases at that time, but literally, you know, starved to death when they failed to strike anything. And they were either super in debt for or just out of money from the general store, which supplied the very things that they needed for life, not just the equipment of, you know, the pickaxes and whatever else you may need, but uh, food. So in other words, whether you struck it rich or you didn't strike it rich, as far as the merchants, they could give a damn less one way or the other because they made money all the time, constantly. And that's our position in Ukraine and these tanks. Really, if the truth would be told accurately, we and other industrialized nations who also are going to war via proxy um, they don't give a damn if they blow each other to kingdom come. They don't care if it's the hundreds, ten, the hundreds of thousands. They don't care. All they care about is selling the weapons. Now, you see, though, in the case of Russia, it is <clears throat> a little bit more to it than that. Um, because there is this whole issue, and this goes way back before this current conflict. It goes way, way back from Russia and NATO. And our thing, our meaning America, and when you say NATO, you could just scratch out that and just put America above that because that is a 
That is a NATO is basically a subcontractor again to do our bidding, our political will, um, our proxy, our our mercenaries. Call them what they are because that's basically it. So U.S. policy, which goes through NATO, and they want that whole area as close in Ukraine, specifically in Ukraine. So that NATO can be firmly established and had set up uh, missile bases that are focused and pointed at, you guessed it, Russia. Now, without going into a lot of complexity about this, just try to have some empathy for a moment because this whole scenario with NATO is something that Russia has complained about for many, many, many years. And in most recent years, I would say certainly, definitely within the last 20 years, um, yeah, Russia doesn't like the idea of these forces, these NATO forces with rocket launching capacities and, you know, a standing army, um, essentially just over your border of your country. I don't think there's anything crazy about that. If everything was the same here in America, and let's say, for example, in some place that's you know very geographically connected, I'm only using this um, in that sense, but whether it be Canada to the north or Mexico to the south, just a what-if scenario, if either one of those countries just started pouring and amassing um, missile launching capabilities right near their borders, you know, troops and or particularly the missiles, the medium range, because that's all they would need. They don't need really long range, just medium range missiles. So, yeah, we'd have, um, you know, all this, all this set up either or of Canada or Mexico decides to set all this up and these missiles are all pointed at the most strategically important defense positions in the United States and a lot of them pointed to Washington. Now, if that kind of thing was even proposed, if it was even initiated can you imagine the uproar and outroar of Americans and, of course, all their politicians and all the lobbyists and all these other ones that they have financially, you know, that they have in their pocket? I mean, there would just, they would be so upset. There would be such condemnation. How dare they? Well, that's what would happen. I have no doubt at all that is what would happen. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm just saying all of a sudden your everything from your citizens to the leaders of that country, they would be feeling very, very uncomfortable. Okay, well, if you can empathize with that, if you understand that, 
then imagine Russia's position because that's exactly what the powers that be, particularly, of course, the U.S., that's what they want to do with NATO against Russia. And so all of this from the sale of tanks, because, you know, it ain't going to end with tanks. That's a big visible thing that when you start moving something around, selling it, it's kind of hard to not see a tank. But that's just the tip of the iceberg, let's say, because then there's going to be munitions and there's going to be drones and and you name it, except for, um, at least for the time being, except for active duty troops. Um, and we don't really, at least immediately, we don't need that anyway, because we have... Dun, 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 we've got NATO, and they can do that dirty work for us. So, this is what Russia is facing. And that puts Putin between a rock and a hard place, because if he backs down, or if they make any change in that direction, he's perceived as weak, and he doesn't want to be perceived as weak. Because amongst these powerful nations, once you begin to be perceived as weak, you're in trouble. And he knows that. Then enter the next player into this, possibly two. The biggest one being China. Because, hey, it's only going to be a matter of time that if they're choosing to fight a proxy conflict through our quote-unquote coalition forces, Putin's going to say, all right, well, two can play at that game, and uh, we'll have sending you know, similar materials from China to Russia. And that's going to happen. And this is what I mean by this this escalation and it takes on it takes on a life and energy of its own and this is not going to you keep spiraling into this because this is what happens when you choose to not leave other people alone because if just say for instance if uh, in this whole complicated conflict. I have my own ideas. I've talked about it before concerning this invasion of Ukraine from Russia. Um, I'm not going to say it's it's kind of ridiculous, so I'm not going to say, well, I can't pick sides. You know, I have my own ideas on that, but I don't believe that that's, um, and, and for the sake of this argument, it's neither here nor there. Because the thing is, Let's say, for instance, that Russia is dead wrong, that they they are they are the villains, they're the bad guys. Um, what they did was just wrong or bad or incorrect. Thing is, in that whole area of the world, um, if nobody else got involved, just say we didn't 
we're not involved. We're not going to be involved. Germany's not going to be involved. No one's going to step in. Um, the thing is, on their own, Russia would have to deal with whatever it is that Russia does. In other words, again, yes, uh, they, may, they may do terrible things and, and bomb places and kill a bunch of people. But what I'm saying is sooner or later, um, you would have to deal with the repercussions down the road of what you're doing now. And so, again, at a more localized level, um, you know, this is something that Russia would have to deal with. And that would be, you know, some people might call it, if, if you're on the, uh, say, on the Ukrainian side of this whole equa equation, well, then, if anything that follows that for, you know, in the future, say for so-called Russian atrocities, then the blood would be on their hands and they would have hell to pay. But you see, all of that would remain to be seen. And what happens as a consequence would be remains to be seen if there was no intervention because they are having a which call it con, you know a, a conventional conflict you know this is not the liberation from the u.s uh one of the few times where our actions were absolutely justified um you know we're not having you know the russians are not um genocidally massacring millions and millions of people and and it's not, it's not even remotely the same. I don't care how any propaganda is putting Putin in the same light as Hitler. Putin is no Hitler. Okay? So they're having a war, and part of this part of it is, um, you know, Russia absolutely fed up and trying to get out of the situation of having a major threat um, that is there deliberately through NATO. And this has been the same contention for many years now. And the West, principally America, will not withdraw, will not back down. They only know one gear forward. That's it. And so what the hell do you expect to happen? Cooler heads really could prevail and should prevail. But going further down and deeper into this quagmire, into this rabbit hole, is a really bad idea. Especially, you're going to find out two ways how this is a bad idea. One is with um, China getting involved and i'm pretty sure they will in some capacity and or possibly not only china but india because they have their own interest that they want to protect and you have to be able to look at something and see what is not necessarily so obvious especially what isn't shown 
on the six o'clock propaganda hour. But I did accurately say that we would uh, definitely be involved in this quagmire. And I, uh, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a uh, proxy war. And make no mistake, um, that's what it is. And just because nothing has yet significantly hit the U.S., it will it's going to, and it will. And those will be significantly higher fuel prices and a whole slew of other issues and problems because we can't keep our noses out of other people's business. And that's, that's where we're at. That's where this, this whole thing is at. And anything other than that, they love to, f- to focus on the particulars of, of this, of who said, she said, but they miss what they oftentimes deliberately, what they deliberately um, miss is um, not wanting to talk about the fact that this is a war by proxy. And what the eventual consequences are going to be for Americans. And that's that's not even mentioned of, at all. Of course, it never is. It never is. It never really has been in the case of, you know, in relatively modern warfare. Even if we just look at the last, I don't know, say 100 years. Um. You know, you have a propaganda machine and this number of people, when when the when certain oligarchs decide that they want to t- attack other oligarchs or their possessions, their territories, what have you, then it begins the process of damning um, the, the enemy. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, six months ago you were friends and everything was fine and then all of a sudden... It goes against certain financial interest, then they're, you know, the propaganda machine kicks in. And now, you know, whereas in in uh, World War One, you know, there was plenty of German citizens and we were fine until the sinking of the Lusitania. And then suddenly the Germans became the Hun, the evil Hun. And uh, the whole thing kicked into into high gear with just, you know, just ridiculous posters and artwork. And that's all that's part of all part of the, the shit show. That's what happens. And the same thing is going on now with the conflict in Ukraine. So. <clears throat> um, and, you know. I, that's my assessment. That's, that's what I see. And the main thing um, is the fallout that's going to happen to this country, to the U.S., uh, could be really bad. And then what you may have are huge groups of people and they, they just ham- 
palms turned up, looking around, shrugging their show. What? What the hell were the crazy gas prices and the crazy food prices and this? What the hell is going on? This, that, and the other. Well, that's what will start happening. And yes, that could even include food rationing. These are all things that occur during wars. And so just think about that that prospect for a moment. Um, although it's quite con you know conventional, no one, at least at this point, no one's hurling missiles and nukes at each other, not yet. But make no mistake, this is a war. It's just a war by proxy. And you're going to, I, I really believe that you're going to see the things that I mentioned earlier, the bad things, the cost of fuel, cost of everything, cost of every damn thing just really going up. And then suddenly this resource is very scarce or it's not available. That's going to happen. And then I actually hate to say this, but if you remember this, I hope you do remember this, this conversation I'm having here. And you'll look back and say, I hate to tell you this. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care I'm out of here